0: And now the show continues to get better as we head to Birmingham, Alabama, to talk to Hueytown's Towns' favorite son, Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Good morning, Lynn.
1: Hey, Nick. Good morning. The uh, two weeks from uh, two weeks from now, we will be uh, probably be at the office. I'll probably do the show two weeks from now at the office, unless we are working at like three a.m. and I hadn't left the house yet uh, to go back. We send the uh, southeastern college edition to the press two weeks from today, so. We are, um, you know, as, as, uh, as y'all made the call, I was looking in and reading about Kentucky's spring game last night. We're laughing about it off the air. They had a guy named Shaheem, S A S I H E I M or I E M. Any Kentucky fans in the audience, might can correct me on, on how to pronounce his name, Shaheem King, scored two touchdowns, at 107 yards rushing. I'd never heard of Shaheem King. That probably speaks badly for me, but I hadn't. I bet I've heard a lot about him two weeks from now when we've edited their stories. But um, it's interesting. These spring games, they don't, you know, they, they do tell you something. I mean, you get to kind of see how how players are and get an insight into some that you might have really want to see. But I still don't put a lot of stock in them because um, you're going up against your own players. Uh, they put restrictions on the defense as to what they can do. Um, you know, the defense has seen the offensive plays, and the, and the offense knows the defensive schemes. So they're too familiar with each other, as opposed to when you're playing an opponent that you're not necessarily uh, familiar with them. And uh, you know, and and the team's never going to show everything that it's got uh, to the public in the spring. And so I put a you know put a lot of uh, caveats on it when I when I evaluate those. And then you know, and and uh, Mississippi State, for example, they lost uh, arguably their best receiver. They're statistically their second best receiver. Um, they lost him to a torn ACL, and, uh, and he may miss the entire season. And that's uh, when, you know, Fitzgerald, who's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, um, you know, needs, they need as much support as they can get. Because I mean, State's got a pretty good team, but, but the problem for them is that the rest of the West is, uh, you know, is probably getting better at a, at a faster rate, and some of the teams didn't lose as much. And, you know, in State doesn't need to lose any of their, of their playmakers, that, nor, does, nor does anybody. So I guess the point I'm making is that there's a question to me: Do you find more diamonds in the rough, or do you, uh, or do you get more players hurt uh, in the in the spring? And I, nobody's ever done a study on that. I'm sure, but it's just a just an observation.
0: Well, I, I think what I hear you saying is that Saheem King will not be on the cover of the Kentucky edition of uh, Lindy's Magazine.
1: Well, I would I would say probably won't, but I mean, heck, I don't know if he uh, if he ends up being there star guy i don't know if he got most valuable player in the game or not but uh i don't know what what we what we do every year is we get a couple of different players uh from the from the teams and then you know we've got the uh, let's just take kentucky for example we'll have the southeastern edition that will have a kentucky player and a louisville player on the front cover of the southeastern edition but we also have a national college edition that's that's up there and, um and that's the one you know it covers all the teams in the country including division two II, division three uh, FCS FBS everybody that we we cover we cover basically every college football team in the country uh, certainly more than than anybody else in the in the country does and we'll have a different Kentucky player and a different Louisville player on that cover so we actually choose two players from each team on the um you know for example in in the state of Alabama of course we have an Alabama Uh, version of the magazine, we have an Auburn version of the magazine, and then we've got a National College edition that's distributed here that's got Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee on the front cover, and we will have a different player for Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee on the front cover of the National College from the edition that are uh, team-specific, with the Southeastern edition. So,
0: okay, a I, lot, of,
1: lot, lot goes into doing this.
0: I talked to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. So, here's a question. When we talk to you right when it's ready to go to printer, is there like a magic moment where everybody from Lindy's is around, you've got a great cup of coffee, maybe a piece of cake, and you say, okay, it's that time, and you just hit send?
1: No, it gets uh, it's, uh, there's nothing nearly that dramatic. We. Uh, <laughs> Come we, on. We. We, what we do now, seriously, we do we do wait and send the entire magazine at the same time, because um, you you don't want to have, and we've had this happen before. Um, we had it happen this past year. You when you've got so many pages, and with 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 all of our magazines combined, we're talking thousands of pages. We're talking two hundred and something pages in the southeastern edition alone, and two hundred and something pages in the in the NFL edition and the pro football edition. Either either we can get confused. And mislabel and send a page wrong, or the printer taking so many pages up there and having to keep them all separate. it's a, it's a massive undertaking to you know. And then you've got you've got the uh, you know the state of Alabama, the state of Georgia, and the state of Florida have their own unique edition. That's the only three states that we do that for. You've got to make sure that the content for those editions only go into the magazines that have those players on the cover that have that that have that focus. Then you got to make sure that the that the uh, players for the southeastern edition get put on that cover, as opposed to on the you know on the national college, and and then the you know the the covers are printed at a different location in the printer than the than the text of the magazine, and so there comes a point there at the printer where you've got to take the the body content to the same location where the covers are, and then you got to bind those together and put the covers on it. You got to make sure that the the right cover is put on the right magazine, and. Uh, yeah, and you're doing that when you're when you're looking at uh, sixty sixty something different cover versions of of the two thousand and seventeen okay, okay, football yeah, magazine.
0: Right, wait, stop because you're saying a lot. We talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lynn's Magazine. That's why we have him on for thirty minutes. You're telling me the cover is printed at one location and the body of the magazine that I enjoy reading. Looking for any typographical errors, which normally don't find any. Reading an article by Lynn. Reading an article by Dennis Dodd. Uh, disagreeing with you on your uh, picks for the uh, conference champions that they're put together, so I guess all the covers are then taken to the place where the. Uh, I know that maybe listeners may not n- want to know about this, but I certainly do. So the cover is then taken to the place where the uh, body is print- where the text yeah. But is keep
1: but keep in mind, it's the same company. It's oh. not two different printers.
0: Okay, it's not that, like
1: one's done in Atlanta and one's done in Knoxville, and they got to make with the same company does them all. But the covers. The kind of, this is getting way too technical, probably, for no, this, for, I, I but, know. but, but, but the, the covers are sheet-fed. The covers are printed on a, on a, 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 a machine uh, that, that takes the sheets one by one through the printing press. It's a sheet-fed uh, operation. The text of the magazine is printed on gigantic web presses. It's the same, uh, same concept as if you uh, got to a tape, paper towel dispenser and grabbed both sides of it and just started hold on tight and start running fast as you can in the opposite direction, and that's the the the, the way that the text of the magic magazine is done on gigantic web presses. We're talking, uh, we're talking uh, uh, equipment that's uh, uh, six or eight yards, high, you know, twenty twenty feet high and um, and thirty yards long. What city? Uh, and they're gigantic gigantic point? presses, and they run faster, Nick, than your eyes can see. And so when those sections come out. Then they're collated, they're put in sequence, and then in a different part of that printer, the the covers are printed, and then you do take them to the what they call the bindery of the printer, and then at that bindery the covers are are scored so they'll fold correctly, and then there the uh, body of the magazine is put in sequence, or put into hoppers, and so they a drop down in sequence. The covers put on and it's glued and put on the magazine. That's the that's the procedure it goes through, and a lot of coordination's got to be done to make sure that the right content gets with the right covers and that all the magazines get done correctly.
0: Okay, and I'm going to ask you one final question, and we'll talk college baseball. At what city is this done?
1: Uh, different ones. I, I'm not sure where the – because, for, for example, we've got, we got six or eight different printers that we use around the country. To give you an example, on the, uh, on the special editions, uh, when, when we're uh, having a ball game, so that you've got uh, the New England Patriots playing the Denver Broncos. Well, we got two printers that are on, on ready to go. Because if, if, if New England wins, we're printing it in New York, and we're going to have it so, so that we can quickly get it over to Boston. But if Denver wins, we're going to have a printer out there that's going to do it. And if, so so uh, uh, in the case of our special editions, which is four or five different times a year, we got two printers lined up and, and really in some cases don't even know as the game's being played who's going to be printing the
0: magazine. Well, oh, there you go. Now, uh, certainly uh, look forward to that. Now let's talk some uh, some baseball action on the Diamond. Uh, some good series going on, Kentucky and Missouri, uh, Auburn and Tennessee, but a lot of good series, Georgia and Arkansas, Ole Miss, LSU. Just a great weekend of baseball in the SEC.
1: Well, it is, and, and here's the here's the difference. It's starting, you know, we've said you got to wait about halfway in the season to really see how things are going to play out, and you are pretty well got to – feel for it now in the west you got six teams that all of whom were about about the same uh, arkansas and mississippi state only have four losses um but they got to play play another ball game today and they could end up with five um and Ole miss and texas a&m who are next to last in the division they've only got seven losses so if if a&m and Ole miss win today and arkansas and mississippi state lose today which, you know, of course, may not happen that way. But if they did, you could be halfway through the season and only have two two games separating number one and number six. Alabama is in trouble. Uh, you got to wait and kind of see how it goes. Alabama's sitting there at two and twelve. Uh, you know, Alabama is five games behind the sixth place team in the in the West. Um, it's likely that Alabama is not going to be one of the teams playing in Hooper, which is not going to make the Hooper Chamber of Commerce happy because that's going to decrease the you know the attendance from Alabama fans. But right now, and, and certainly anything could happen. Uh, as bad as Alabama's been so far, they could turn it around and do better. But Arkansas, Mississippi State, uh, Auburn's just a game behind them after losing last night. Uh, LSU uh, has got it set in position at 8-6, and, and A&M and, and Ole Miss at 7-7. Seven seven. That's a that's – a, I mean – that's a dead heat. Seriously, that's a dead heat. That's uh, you know you got one series. Let the let the guy that's sixth play the guy that's first, and let the guy that's sixth win that series, which absolutely can happen. And you're looking at a at a real flip and tightening there. On the other side, you got Tennessee and Georgia that are toward the bottom. But Tennessee, of course, Tennessee beat Auburn last night. Tennessee beat Florida twice. Tennessee's record is deceptive. Uh, they're a better team than their record. Uh, I'm not sure that Georgia is. Uh Tennessee's got a four game uh four game above five hundred, Georgia's six games below five hundred. If I if I were guessing right now, I would think Alabama and Georgia are probably the two teams that are not gonna make it to Hoover. Um, you know, Kentucky's got a two game lead on the uh on the division at this at this point. But I mean they've still got a couple of games to play. They I think they're playing on Sunday. So we'll we'll see how it turns out. But it's starting it's starting to clear a little bit, but what's becoming pretty obvious? Is that a whole lot of teams are just about the same uh, in the SEC? You've got, uh, you know, almost every time we're Looking down it right now, you've only got three teams in the league that haven't won at least 21 ball games, and uh, and I think maybe only four that hadn't won like 23 games. That's really that's really strong, and and your and your top winning team in the league's 128. So you've got you've got 11 11 teams. Really, that you just put them in a bag and and shake them out and on a given day, any of them might win the ball game. That really, really consist—I think—consistently strong. Uh, you're going to end up with with SEC teams probably not being as highly ranked um, in the national picture because they are playing each other like this. But I, I think it's a pretty good season for for the SEC.
0: Well, let's let's talk about uh, one team that is a mystery to me. That's their 12th rank. That's the uh, Florida Gators. Because you talked about Tennessee, who's not ranked beat the Gators twice, and now uh, Florida and Vanderbilt. That's an interesting series uh, in Nashville.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, the the I think Kentucky right now, Kentucky and Arkansas um, are, the, are the two teams that sort of the biggest surprises to me. Auburn may be a step behind because of losing to Tennessee last night. But um, but you've got you've got South Carolina and, and Florida and Vanderbilt, who are the three guys that are really the bell cows in that league, and them, them and, and LSU and State. uh Really, LSU more than the State in the last few years have kind of carried the banner for the for the conference, and and you've got uh, you have, you know the South Carolina, Florida, and Vanderbilt have won won seven games each, and Kentucky's sitting there with nine. But every weekend is going to change. Um, you know you you got to figure if you if you start taking South Carolina, Florida, and Vanderbilt lightly, uh, you do that at your own risk because they're going to bring in good players. And baseball, more than basketball and football, a lesser team can win in baseball easier than a lesser team can win in basketball and football. The, the example I always make, the, the losingest team in history, I believe was a New York Mets team when they lost 110 games or, or whatever it was. That's not going to be exact. But the point I make is they're the the worst worst team statistically, percentage-wise, ever in Major League Baseball, they walked off the field as winners like 50 times. So... It's it's not like uh you know like in football and baseball if some of these teams if you let them play each other, you know ten times you're probably gonna get the same winner ten times in baseball it's not gonna happen, so it's a little it's a little harder to judge and in and in softball, you know really kind of the, kind of the same thing, so you know but sec is gonna do okay but it's uh you're you're gonna have some teams kind of kind of pull down florida a and m are the two are the two exceptions to that in uh, in softball all all the other teams are. Are losing multiple ball games, but uh, but Florida and A and M continue to ride high.
0: Well, let's make that transition. Then, what are the standings in? Uh, we'll go over baseball standings. Real, we basically covered all of them. Certainly, anxious to watch the uh, Georgia, Arkansas, and the LSU Ole Miss series because that West race is going to be. Uh, really uh, neat to watch. I do. I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that Kentucky is uh, doing so well in baseball. But let's make that move over to softball. with the standings like in the uh, Southeastern Conference in softball? What's
1: Florida and A and M? I mean, Florida hadn't Florida lost one ball game. I uh, hadn't lost the two games overall. And A and M's at ten and two. They've only lost three games overall. And you got you know the other teams of uh, Tennessee's lost five, and I think Alabama and Auburn's lost seven. And and but you've got uh, you got Florida and A and M that are still. You know, still riding high. Florida's only lost one ball game. Florida lost to Auburn. Lost one game to Auburn. They beat Auburn two out of three. And if Auburn had knocked them off, Florida would be sitting there undefeated. And, um, and Texas A&M's a big surprise there, I think, in the league. Of course, they're, they're good. And, and, they, you know, and they make the tournament every year. It's just not like they're just come up from nothing. But, uh, but A&M, I think, the surprise team in the league right now. Uh, you know, Tennessee's doing really well, but that's no surprise that within the last two years, Tennessee's been in the College World Series. So any teams that have been in the College of War Series in recent years, you know, are pretty good. And that includes LSU, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida. All of those teams have been in the College of War Series. So the team that's really deceptive is Georgia. Georgia's, a, Georgia's ranked like number 20 in the country, and they're a very good team. They're 2-11. and 11. I mean, but, but, again, it's who you play. They had the bad luck of playing Florida, lost all three, had the bad luck of playing Auburn, lost there. Um, so, you know, it's... Uh, it's tough when you're going up against SEC competition. I think Georgia's probably the team whose record is the most deceptive. I think they're a, they're a much better team than their record indicates. I don't I don't know what that's going to do to them as far as uh, seating in the postseason. And they, you know, you still got half the league. We're, we're only halfway through the conference, so you still got uh, you still got time to to make it up. But you know, when you're sitting there with uh, with uh, Georgia, I mean, with uh, with Florida and Texas A and M and Alabama already having ten wins, and Georgia does not have but two. Uh, it's going. You got a lot of lot of catching up to
0: do. Uh, yeah, you do. One thing, real quick, talk to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, and I know that each and every week I get to talk to you about uh, Conference USA as well as uh, the SEC. But uh, one team that I've really kept an eye on since you're you're the softball expert, but I, I like uh, Mark Montgomery and Louisiana Tech Lady Textures. They're twenty eight and fifteen, eleven and three in the league. They're first in the Western Division, second overall. And they've got a game today at noon. At home versus UTEP. So look forward to the uh, Lady Textures uh, hopefully getting a victory today. That is one program I think this year is going to make it to a regional. That's uh, the Lady well, Textures. Kind of,
1: they, they certainly have a shot at it. I, hey, I did not look at the scores last night. Did Marshall win?
0: And, you uh, know? I uh, believe Marshall got beat last night.
1: Well, that's one of you, because know, Marshall's been kind of the pace setter, and I was just curious as what, they, what they did. <laughs> I, I, I know it's kind of irrelevant to what we're talking about, but I was just curious <laughs> whether or not Marshall, just they've been. Since they've been doing so well in uh in CUSA
0: softball, I certainly have now. Any you know one thing that I talked about with you on Thursday, I don't think if you had a chance to look, but the NCAA did pass that rule that I wish they wouldn't have. They approved a tenth assistant, but if you bring on a high school coach and make him a analyst or consultant, because you very now you could work around it, I guess, if he went to on the field coaching, but uh, you're not going to be able to. Uh, recruit from that school for two years, and so I just—I like did I,
1: I didn't like. We talked on the air Thursday. I don't know how many people in the audience heard our conversation, but I don't—I don't like that. Uh, I think that's—you know—you're—you're you're making an automatic assumption, or to me, you're making an automatic assumption in that rule that you're, that the school is trying to put together package deals so that they can uh, leverage getting certain players to come by bringing in that player's coach whether it's his father or his, or his coach. And I don't think that's automatically the case. And let's just say, let's take Buford High School in, in uh, the North Atlanta area. Buford, uh, over the last few years, has probably been the most powerful school in the state. And I know one, one year they sent like eight guys uh, off, off their team to D1 programs. Um, they've had a couple of their coaches that have left and gone to colleges. Uh, whenever you've got a team that becomes a dominant, uh, a dominant team in the state and high school ball, uh, I would think, I mean, a lot of coaches want to be high school coaches, and that's where they want to be, and there's nothing wrong with that. You've got great coaches in, in high school ball. But what if you're a coach and your goal is you want to become a college coach? And so you successfully coach at high school, and you bring up good programs. You've got good players on your team because you're a good coach. You brought a good program. your your community supported you and given you the equipment facilities. And so a, a college comes to you and says, we're going to offer you a job to get a promotion. You're going to get to, to continue pursuing your career dream and get the coach at the college level. And so that guy says, okay, man, I'll take it. It may not be exactly the full-time position I want there, but it's a stepping stone for me to pursue my career, and I'm going to go there. Well, he's built up a program that's got, you know, potentially a dozen uh, juniors and seniors that are college prospects. And, and that rule, if I'm understanding what you're saying there, eliminates those players, even if they don't have a close relationship with the coach or they're not a family member or they're not a whatever, um, that eliminates a guy... Really would eliminate a guy that's coming off his sophomore season to being able to go to a college where that guy went um, in his in his college decision. That would eliminate that. That just doesn't seem right to me. That's you know some somebody somebody might take. That's the kind of thing. And I'm not big on lawsuits, and I'm not very liberal. But uh, that's the kind of thing somebody would say. Hey, I ain't going. That that violates that player's rights, and and uh, and we're going to take that to court. I I don't I don't like that. Uh, I I do understand. You're not, you're not doing a package deal thing, and, and maybe they could do something that would, uh, that would eliminate package deal recruiting. But I, I don't like uh, that. That really puts a lot of limitations, unless there's just something about that uh, rule I don't understand. I don't, I don't like that.
0: Uh, absolutely. I certainly agree with you. So let's, uh, let's recap because uh, we'll be getting that magazine ready to take to Santa Rosa Island. What, is it two or three weeks?
1: Two weeks, two weeks from today. You know, and, and like Missouri, uh, Missouri plays, it's on SEC Network, anybody wants to watch it. Missouri has their spring game today. You know, Kentucky had their spring game last night. We, you know, we talked about that. And, um, and next, next Saturday's big day. Uh, you got four different teams, uh, in SEC teams, LSU, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia, uh, and that's, and that's your know, four strong teams. They have their spring game next Saturday. Um, I think Georgia Tech is maybe the night before. Uh, you got a lot of teams that have, uh, that have their spring game next Saturday. Notre Dame has theirs. Virginia Tech was good. Washington, a uh, you know, good team there. they got their spring game next week. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, the thing that kind of puts us in, in, in jeopardy and, and folks like us that, if they're on our time frame is that next week on Saturday, April 29th, I just pulled up the list of teams. On the 29th, Arkansas, Oregon, Virginia, and UCLA, those four teams, have their spring game. Uh, UCLA kicks off at four o'clock if uh, uh, Eastern time, three o'clock in, in our time zone. If we don't already have that magazine sent to the printer before UCLA starts its spring game, we we got something going wrong. And uh, and Arkansas goes at noon. Uh, you know, I wish Austin Allen nothing bad, but let's say Austin Allen, uh, you know, has a bone break or tears a knee or something. In their spring game, we've got our magazine completely done. It can't be pulled back. Our recruiting, rank, I mean, our rankings are done. Our player rankings are done, and it's going to be based on Austin Allen having a really good year at quarterback. What uh, if on the spring game there at the last uh, he gets hurt and he's not there? Oregon, uh, you know, Oregon's a, of course they had a down year last year, but that's a that's a, uh, usually a strong program. Uh, and you got two Oregon and UCLA are two of your primary teams in the Pac-12. They have their spring game probably after our magazine's already sent to the printer. So it's. Uh, Know, a lot goes into putting out these publications, both in terms of the logistics of physically getting it done, and uh, the way that you've got to approach your content.
0: Hey, it certainly does. And you look at Oregon; that's going to be a tough one because you got Willie Taggart, uh, the new head coach there. They had a little upheaval in their uh, offensive coordinator with David Reid when he was arrested for DUI. So you're really not sure what to expect out of the Oregon Ducks. So my advice to Lindy's: don't pick them high.
1: Yeah, I, you know you got to. You know, you would you would think well, maybe you got to be uh, careful on that. And I don't know where we're going to pick Arkansas. We may have them pick near the bottom of the West. I have no idea. But uh, but you know, you got to You got to go with what you know. And we we have had occasions in the past. You and I have talked some on before where things that happened at the end of spring training, uh, end of spring practice, uh, would come back and bite us. Players that would uh, that would get hurt or get dropped off the team or whatever. But you know, you got to make the predictions when you make them, and uh, and people just have to understand that. Uh, you know that that's uh, that that's what we're doing, and so that's just uh, what we deal with.
0: Well, hey, Lynn, as always, I always enjoy hearing from you on Saturday morning. You have a, a great day and enjoy the rest of this Easter weekend.
1: Y'all, y'all do too. Hope it's a, a blessed Easter for everyone. Uh, everybody enjoy the you know the Easter eggs and all that kind of stuff with your kids and grandkids. But don't forget the reason for this uh, for this season. Uh, it is a religious holiday, and uh, we're all we're all mighty blessed in this country. We never need to forget that.
0: Certainly, Lynn, and we certainly always enjoy talking to you from Lindy's Magazine. You have a great weekend. Okay, man.
1: Talk to you soon.
0: That was uh, Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine.